0: The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, sponsored by Narconon Ojai. Hello, and welcome to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel, and this is episode number 222. Today, we have a couple of interviews. Well, not really an interview, an interview and a co-host. We have an interview today with Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone is quite well-known. He is the CEO of Cardone Enterprises, Cardone Capital. He's an international speaker, entrepreneur, and author of the 10X Rule and creator of 21 best-selling business programs. Grant also was recently featured on Undercover Billionaire. And yeah, but a lot of people don't know the real story about Grant. So let's talk to Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone, undercover billionaire. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Tony, thank you
1: so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it, okay? Absolutely. Very important topic to me.
0: Thank you. And Fabian Padro, executive director of Narconon Ojai. Thank you for being with us today.
2: Yeah, I had to jump on this one. Obviously I'm excited. I'm a big fan of Grant Cardone, Follow all his stuff. So I definitely had to be present for this one. This guy's amazing. Uh, he's, He's doing it all. He's omnipresent. He's got 10x movement, Grant Cardone Capital, Undercover Billionaire. So I definitely wanted to be a part of this one.
1: Yeah, and thank you, and thank you for what you guys do at Narcanon. I really appreciate it. Now you guys are fighting the big battle out there to to get people. You know, it's not easy getting somebody that uh, maybe is at the end of their cycle or the beginning of the cycle of addiction. And and I know, you know, I have a, a personal history with it. and um if it was not for people like you I, I might not be here today to to do what i'm doing and to enjoy the life i'm having well, well,
0: thank you thank, you, thank, you, for, so thank you for bringing that up grant um you know i think a lot of people obviously know you as the 10x guy your motivational speaker you um were on undercover billionaire and i definitely want to talk about that a little bit later but a lot of people might not know Where did you start? Where are you from? How did you get going? I don't think you were born with a platinum spoon in your mouth. So tell us how you got going.
1: Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Like I don't even think your hair is probably that platinum color. You probably gave it some help. Just I've needed help all along the way. And uh, I grew up in Lake Charles. When I was 10 years old, I was raised by a single mother. There was seven kids. There was seven in total in a 1400 square foot house. Uh, It was very, you know, a lot of scarcity in the environment that I grew up in. When my dad died, the income stopped, so my mom was terrified. Um, Drugs became a problem for me when I was 15 or 16 years old and would become a massive, a daily uh, problem for me between the ages of 16 and 25 uh, overdosed three times. I had three friends when I went off the treatment center, three friends were, one was incarcerated, two were killed. I mean, I was definitely at the end of the rope. And if you've ever met, met me in a lot of trouble because of drug addiction, I was that guy yet. I still was able to somehow appear to be the social, um, what's it called? A uh, functioning,
0: functioning, addict. functioning yeah. Yeah. Drug, addict, drug
1: addict, right? So, Um, I started with weed uh, because of peer pressure. I knew it was not right for me. This is not for anybody listening or watching right now. Like this is, I have zero moral judgment of anybody that's like does almost anything. Whatever you want to do is fine with me. Um, I'm just telling you, nobody, nobody. And I've, I've known tens of thousands of drug addicts. Not one, I've never met one of them that started with the goal to become a drug addict. Right. The girl that I fell in love with, her name's Angela. She's, I'm 63 years old today.
0: She's still using drugs. It's your birthday today? No, 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 no. I'm I'm 63 (laughs) years old. but,
1: But, you know, the girl, when I went to treatment at 25 years old and I came back, she was sleeping. She couldn't even go 30 days without like, like I lost her. I lost my friends. The guy she was sleeping with, he gets his brains blown out. She's still a drug addict. Uh, 30, 37 years later, like wow. it's real, man. It's real. Like I'm not telling anybody. Like I grew up in the age of where it was like uh, what, say no to drugs and all that, man. Like I started with weed. I was using amphetamines, barbiturates, cocaine, uh, smoking crack, uh, and and uh, what's the speed? Uh, the meth,
0: meth, meth, and meth I, Like
1: you name it, I've meth. done it. Yeah. Uh, if I I was untrustworthy. I went from being a great kid, trustworthy, admired by other people, to like literally being the black sheep of my family. And that's not, that wasn't the goal. Underneath all that, I always had this idea I was going to be somebody special. I was going to write books. I was going to change the world. I was going to get rich. I was going to get famous. And drugs almost destroyed all that. It definitely it definitely set me way back. Like I would be so much further ahead today had I not had that, but maybe I wouldn't be who I am today had I not had that. So I don't know.
0: Interesting. So at what point in your drug addiction, what we, we call this the point of no return because we like to try and focus on what was the moment, what caused you to go, I got to get my life together or I may die.
1: So I hit the point of no return, probably uh, without exaggerating, probably, uh, 11, three, three, for three years, the last three years, I tried to quit every day, uh, 365 times three, is 1, so 1100. Um, uh, so I tried to quit every single day for three years and I couldn't, I just could not quit. And then one day my mom, I went into my mom's business one day. Uh, she was my, you know, she's the one that raised me and I was slurring words, I was with Angela, slurring, bloodshot, pupils dilated. I was at, um, and she says, don't come here again. You're done. It's when she closed the door. I was literally in a treatment center 10 days later. Wow. I needed her to say no. I needed her to shut me down. Like literally shut me down with that tough love thing. And I needed also somebody to offer me a hand and, and, and walk me into a treatment center.
0: Right. Right. So take us then from there on a fast, fast pace. How did you get to where you are today?
1: Well, the guy, when I left the treatment center, the counselor, Phil, I was telling Mike Tyson about Phil once. (laughs) I don't know if any of you ever saw that interview, but I'm telling Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson's like, tell me about your treatment center. Tell me about your treatment center. And I'm like, dude, Phil, he's like, Phil was a good guy. Phil tried to help you. Huh? Grant. I said, Phil way out. Mike, Phil told me I was going to make it. He said that I was filled with grandiosity and that if I continued to dream about becoming Spartan, um, that I would I would never, ever uh, get over my drug addiction. And and me and uh, me and Mike had a fun talk about this because I'm like, Mike, I, I, when I left treatment, I didn't just want to be a recovering drug addict for the rest of my life. And when I left the treatment center, the goal was be grateful that you don't use drugs one day at a time. And I'm like, no, I'm not leaving here with that. That's not my dream. (laughs) Okay, my dream is to go live my life, to prosper, to do great things. I want to go be the I didn't give up drugs to be nobody. I'm giving up drugs so I can become the somebody I'm supposed to be. And so. Uh, I left the treatment center, went home, I threw myself, I took all those four or five or six hours every day I wasted on drugs and threw them into becoming great at a job that I hated and got great at a job that I hated. (laughs) And uh, my life around, you know, paid back everybody that I damaged, cleaned up everybody that I'd let down, started building my self-respect and my self-esteem. And eight years later, it took about it, it, it instantly, in the first thirty days, I felt better about myself. But it took some time for me to really start in me, right? And even other people, you know, I know that there was family members saying he and um, and Phil. Phil definitely, the counselor thought I was coming back. I don't know where Phil's at today, but I'm sure Phil's somewhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's kicking himself saying he definitely didn't come back. You know what I really love about that Grant and I I love a lot of the things that you say. Um but you know there is the uh, propensity I think for someone who's getting clean and sober to just have attention on that one day and staying clean and sober and while I think that works for some people if if you look at your success you looked way beyond that one day and being sober. And I think that's huge.
1: Yeah. So look, when I got home, all I did when I got home, I did two things every day. I tried to help somebody else get off and I tried to help myself get better at business. Only two things I did every day. I did nothing else. If it did not make me feel better about myself, I did not do it. Okay. I changed all my friends. I changed all my play places. I didn't actually go to any play place. Okay. Uh, I literally went to work or I went to help somebody that was on drugs. That's all I did for the first, probably from 25 till maybe 29 for four years. Uh, I would go to meetings wherever I could just to find targets. I could, I could find somebody to listen to somebody to help somebody to remind me, don't go, don't go back, bro. Right. And I just knew if I was busy helping somebody not use drugs, I wouldn't use drugs. If I wasn't doing that, the thing I did was get better. And that was, that, that was it. That's all I ever did. And I got great at my business and I got great at uh, helping other people. And it kept me, kept me kind of what, what I was trying to do. So I didn't get, I didn't get over my skis. You know, I didn't right. get overly confident.
0: Right. You didn't get dispersed um, into many different things.
1: Yeah. And then I had a sponsor that was telling me, man, I switched addictions. I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> exactly what I mean. And he's yep. like, no, no, you're, you're you you can not switch addictions. You're still d- addicted. I said, whatever, bro. Like, like I am an addictive personality <laughs> and I don't think it's a problem unless I'm using things that hurt me because what I'm doing now doesn't hurt people. It helps me. I want to work. I like to work. I am. I am. I, I love production. And the fact that I have an addictive personality, I think is consistent with all of us. That's not a problem for me. It was a problem for Paul, I guess. It was a problem for my sponsor. But, like, I love to work. And the people that I study, from Van Gogh's to Picasso behind you, Fabian, these people are freaking, they're maniacs, okay? Yep. Elon maniac. Yep. Uh, and, and so the people, Jesus Christ was a complete fanatic in the very best of, best of ways, right? So, yep. so I... When I'm labeled an addict, I'm like, yeah, I have the ability to be obsessed and not let go of something until it's a reality. So I just converted that energy, uh, if you will, Joni, from a disease to a gift.
0: Exactly. You're addicted to helping people. You're addicted yeah. to being successful and making other people successful. And yeah, and that's not a bad addiction. No, you know, I Brand- love
1: helping people. Like like the whole codependency thing. because we're all codependent. Yep. <laughs> I, yep. I am dependent on other human beings, right? <laughs> and, and so, you know, the better the community around me does, the better I am. If everybody around me is dying, sooner or later, I'm going to find out I cannot do well.
0: That's right, that's right. It you sounds know, like you, Fabian challenged. was saying. I was just going to. Sorry, Fabian. Fabian was saying that um, the students, when they're um, getting close to being done with an Arcanon program, read some of your books, and I think it it ties right into what you're saying now because you do when you're done with drugs, you need to figure out where you're going to go from there. You are listening to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information on the podcast or to reach out if you have a story you would like to share with us, go to our Facebook page by the same name or you can email us at theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com or go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com or call us at 727 314 7080. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. For more information on our sponsor, Narconon Ojai, visit their website at narcononojai.org. That's N-A-R-C-O-N-O-N-O-J-A-I.org. Or call 1-866-231-5924 That's 1-866-231-5924. Sometimes, the hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 1-833-918-0008 today and say the word podcast to get a 10% discount. Or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. Fabian, expand on that. You mentioned that.
2: Yeah. There's a lot of people that, you know, you want to challenge or channel that energy into something constructive and, and being positive. We have a library of, you know, all kinds of books in our, in, in our library at Narcanon, Ohio, And And uh, a lot of people obviously look towards your, toward your book because it is full of a positive message. I think it's a, uh, you wrote a book on being obsessed, obsessed or be average. Right. And, and, uh, so I, I think what you were able to do is, is take, take that energy and, and, and put it into something constructive as opposed to something destructive. Does that sound about right?
1: 100%. I've always been a show-off, okay? I like to show off. I like shiny stuff. I like, you know, you know I, it, look, if you're, if you're, when your self-image gets damaged because of stuff that you're doing, you don't want to show off. When you start lifting off all the damage and cleaning up, when you do all the cleanup work, and I've done it, I did my cleanup work, um, I don't have anything to hide anymore, okay? I, I, I want to give my, 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 my the people in my life, my family, and I want expansion, right? I don't want contraction. I don't want little. So get, stopping the drugs is first part of the game. The rest of it's even better as you start stripping away the other things that you're unaware of that are holding you back, causing you to be introverted. I remember when I couldn't talk to, to one person. Like when I came out of treatment, I literally could not talk one-on-one with a person. And then I had to learn how to do that until I could talk to two people and then three people. And and, and remember when I was talking to an audience and thought I was pretty good at it. And then I realized, dude, you're, you're not even talking to these people. You're just talking at them. So there's so many layers of awareness and wake that that become that is impossible with drugs. Uh, I remember when I left the treatment center, they gave me phenobarbital. I'm like, dude, I ain't using this phenobarbital. Oh, you need it, you need it. I'm like, no, why don't you keep mine for somebody else then? Because I ain't using it. I'm off this. I'm done. And because I wanted to be awake, even though it's even though it hurts to be awake. Yeah. Like the more aware you are. And I, and I truly believe this. I think drug addicts have a propensity for a closer connection with spirituality that that makes them a little bit uncomfortable of, of their awareness of society, of things not being out, things that are out and wrong. I, I don't know that to be true. It's just an idea that I have. But the more spiritually aware a person is, the, the harder it is, sometimes the more painful it is to be on this planet because you're aware of things that m- maybe less conscious people are not aware of Drugs makes that go away. And it did for me until it didn't. And so, but when you stop using down, you're really aware you're raw and you feel something going on. Right. And it just hang in there and get around other, other people that are, that want to uh, be a, you know, approve of obsessiveness. Like I've been called ADD, ADHD, bipolar. Uh, what else have I been called? COPD or something? I'm like,
0: <laughs> I don't think whatever. COPD, but yeah, but I got it. You know, one of the things that you have de- you did recently, which I I have to tell you, Grant, I actually physically felt for you was when you decided to do the undercover billionaire, and you jumped in to this town. First of all, I can't believe that nobody knew who you were, but you jumped into this town with $100. Now let me just say, you could take me and give me $100 and put me in a town, I'd go and become a waitress. But you had to not only be there and not have anybody know you, you had to make a million dollars. I'm bringing this up because I think that if you can do something like that, somebody listening can get clean. But anyway, describe that a little bit, Grant. That was scary.
1: Yeah, so, so uh, Discovery, uh, Discovery Channel came to me last January, no, two January's ago now, uh, before COVID, and said, Hey, th- we did a show called Undercover Billionaire named Glenn Stearns. I said, no, I never heard of the show. And they're like, We want you to do the show. We think you'd be perfect for it. <laughs> and I said, well, th- What is the show? We kicked off in a town you've never been to. You can't use your name, can't use your connections. We give you a hundred bucks and you got to turn in $10 million. <laughs> and I'm like, can, 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 I said, I said, yeah, I can do that. They said, Do you think you can do it? I said, one thousand percent. I said, I definitely can use it. But and so um they said, Why don't you watch the show first and then check it out? So I went and watched last year or the first season they did, and I watched the promo piece. I'm just being completely transparent with everybody. I watched the opening of Glenn Stearns, and literally it's two minutes of showing this this freaking mega business guy I ended it called discovery and said I'll do the show <laughs> and they're like but well, did you watch the whole season I said I watched enough to know I want to do this show okay so um, um I flew out to LA met with the, the president of discovery and she's like hey are you do you really think you could do this I said look I'm gonna do a 10 million dollar business in under 90 days and I'll pay you 1 million and I can't hit the number. And she's like, are you real with me? I said, I've never been more serious. Whenever you're ready, I'm ready. So we closed the deal, uh, 45 days later, I was getting dropped off in Pueblo, Colorado. I didn't know, I've never been to Pueblo, it was 15 degrees. I had a hundred bucks to my name and uh, my goal was to turn it into $10 million business. This is before COVID, the COVID hit. So have you seen, have you seen? I saw,
0: I, I've watched the first two episodes and at the very okay. end of episode two, the producer's telling you they're going to shut down. Yeah. You have just promised someone that you're going to increase his business hugely yeah, and yeah, they're going to okay. shut down. Now I haven't seen episode three. I don't know what okay. happens next. So it's a cliffhanger, but. But I can just yeah. tell you
1: this, okay. I end up, I end up producing more than the other three undercover billionaires combined wow and I didn't go get a job in fact yeah. I told when I did it I told discovery I said guys I don't need the hundred bucks they're like oh you got to take the hundred dollars that's part of the show I'm like I'm never gonna spend any of it for 90 days I did not spend one penny of the hundred dollars
2: <laughs> what, what grant what was the hardest part of the show for you what what, what would you well, say was the the most adversity that you faced and what was the biggest challenge for you for yeah that?
1: the hardest single part. I'd like to tell everybody the hardest part was being without my family, but the harder part than that, and that was really, really hard, uh, because I'm with my family all the time. The hardest part was not using my name. Okay. It is like, if you'd have told me this when I came out of treatment, I didn't want to tell anybody my name. (laughs) Mm. By the time I did this show, I was, I'm so proud of my name. Now what I've done with it, like literally 25 years ago, I could not, my name was garbage. Today, my name is something like I'm proud of, I want to use. And and my new name was Lewis Curtis. Okay. My dad's name was Curtis Lewis. And so we flipped it because otherwise you'd find me uh, uh, if you Google search Lewis, uh, Curtis Lewis. So we flipped the names and it was really hard, Fabian, not using my name, man. It was like, not telling people, hey, my name's Grant Cardone, man, and let me tell you what I've done. Like not being able to lean on my successes—that was hard. But but being away from my kids, that was painful. Yeah. And I thought I was going to bring Elena and the kids out, but I realized after being in Pueblo one day, it was 15 degrees, and I had no place to live, that they couldn't come.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That must have been was tough. What was the biggest lesson you learned doing that? Because I think it'll be relative so, to our relevant to our listeners.
1: Yeah. So. You know, gosh, there were so many lessons. <laughs> I, I, every day I fought with the crew. So we, we have a love relationship. Discovery's Discovery is going to do another show with me just so you you know, just to give a little teaser, but, um, but they hate my guts.
0: they
1: oh. are like, dude, we hate you and we love you. Okay. Cause <laughs> you're, you're
2: a love hate relationship. <laughs> you
1: are unbelievable TV. Okay. It's like the drug addict in your house. You know, you love him and you hate his guts. Yeah. Um, so you know, the, th- the thing that really I really learned was that how many people in America and in are worried about food and water and shelter? I had completely forgot. I had taken it for granted. I have not needed for money. there's nothing I, I mean, I mean, there are some things I can't buy. I haven't worried about a meal in a long time. And I'm going to tell you, when I dropped into this thing, you know, they had to remind me, like, once a week, hey, bro, everything's going to be all right, okay? Because I went into this, and I'm an all-in kind of guy. Like, when I went into Louis Curtis' broke, like, you would have thought Grant Cardone had lost everything. Yeah, And I could not turn it off, okay? <laughs> I could not become – I couldn't become Louis Curtis doesn't have anything, and then at night, I'm cool because I got a condo in Miami. And nine thousand apartments to pay me every month, and I can get on my jet. I, that that all that whole world was gone for me. I don't know what happened, but I kind of slipped into this, this, this person. Whatever, whatever happens for actors, <laughs> I don't know. But but um, that that was extremely painful, and it took me a while, even when it was over, to come out of it.
0: Wow. Sometimes I
1: still think I'm Lewis Curtis.
0: (laughs) I'm not going to ask you how the story ends. I am going to watch the rest of it. But Grant, if you had just one message to give to our listeners, um, what would it be? What would you want to tell them?
1: I would just tell you, look, you don't have a disease. You know, there's nothing, you're not, you're not malfunctioned. You're not, you don't have a character defect. This is not some genetic Um. You know, you don't have some what do they call it? A genetic uh, coding that that you not you're not responsible for. You're a very extremely powerful person. You're not your you, your life is unmanageable right now, okay? Because if you're even thinking about drugs, if you're even throwing it around, am I right? Am I? Am I? Am I? Dude, that that by itself is a problem, okay? That's all you need to know. That's a problem by itself. And and um, but I want to tell you, there's nothing wrong with you, okay? It's it. In fact, you might be you might be closer to the matrix than most people, and you're just like I don't know, red pill or blue pill. You just might be more aware, and and the drugs aren't going to make it any better. I just, there's no drug that's going to make you more aware, more powerful. Nobody escapes the drug deal. Nobody, nobody in the history of the world has escaped drugs once it becomes a problem. Okay, and and so I would just tell you, man, like. You know, there, there. I would not be where I'm at today if I was still using drugs. I got an unbelievable life uh, that that I would not have. I have things happening for me today that I, I even thought about, even think was possibly like like remotely possible um, for me. My whole life around when I got off of drugs, and then when I started, when I made a commitment to helping others and my spiritual development, my own awareness. Um, And, and, you know, I would contribute my life today to not just hard work, but, um, you know, mostly becoming more and more spiritually aware.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Grant Cardone, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. I know how busy you are and I know that your story is going to resonate with our listeners. Thank you so Uh,
1: much. I hope so. And I, and I, am pulling for everybody out there. And if you're a family member out there uh, that has somebody having a problem, I know how painful that can be and how you're scared all the time and how angry they get at you. Um, Just, just keep being a good example for them. And, and I really appreciate both you and, and, and Fabian, um being great examples for
2: me
1: thank you and thank you thanks for being on today yeah thank you so much grant thanks
0: i hope you all enjoyed that interview i think that a lot of people may not know that grant had his own drug history so he has reality with what a lot of you are going through and there is someone who not only became clean and sober but has just become so super successful in life. And he just kind of never stopped reaching for the moon, if you will. And I just think he's super successful. You can get his books on Amazon. You can also go to Grant Cardone, C-A-R-D-O-N-E, grantcardone.com and yeah, and watch Undercover Billionaire and learn about that. We will be back again with another interview. Thank you so much for listening. You have been listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, sponsored by Narconon Ohio. For more information on Narconon Ohio, call 866-231-5924 or visit org. Narcanon is a non-12-step rehabilitation program based on the works of L. Ron Hubbard.